What's up? I hope you are having a great day today. This is Shooting the Schmidt. I am your host, Jonathan Smith. And man, I hope you are not too sleep deprived after staying up late watching the NCAA National Championship game last night, which is what we're going to be talking about today, along with a little bit of NBA stuff. I cannot wait to get into it. But first, Double B, Bruce Buffer. Thank you, Bruce. Now, first things first, I have to tip the cap to Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks for winning their fourth national championship in their school's history. I want to say what a game, but I felt like the game was really sloppy. I mean, neither team really played a complete game. Obviously, Kansas going into the second half down 15 and North Carolina getting outscored 47-29 to in the second half. Just not a good look for either team, not really playing a full game. And to be honest with you, I don't know how this was only a three-point game. Like, I, I don't, especially when you look at the shooting numbers, you know, North Carolina did not shoot the ball well, to say the least. Their two best backcourt players, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, combined to be 10 of 41 from the field and one of 13 from three. That's just unacceptable. Like, if you expect to win the national championship, your two best guards have to play well. They can't shoot that terribly. R.J. Davis is probably going to get off the hook because of how bad Caleb Love has been, or how bad he was, even though Caleb Love won two games for them single-handedly on their run to the national championship game. But yeah, it's just, you know, I was talking to my guy, Matt. If you've been listening to the podcast the past couple weeks, you know exactly who that is. He made a really good point, and he said it, talking about the UCLA team. When you have guys who make tough shots, they also have a tendency to take bad shots, which is you know the tough shots that they make that just don't go in. And that's what Caleb Love did tonight. He took a lot of really tough shots, and you know you kind of have to live with it because that's who Caleb Love is. And yeah, they just didn't shoot the ball well enough. Like I said, you know, 21% from three, 32% from the field. They did make their free throws, which is impressive. Uh, Baycott, you know, contributed to a bunch of those, being 9 of 13 from the free throw line. And he absolutely dominated the first half of that game. I mean, he every time he got a touch, it felt like he got, you know, a good look or he got fouled. He got fouled a bunch. And yeah, Kansas just had no answer for him in the first half. And in the second half, they really just kind of took him out of the game. It felt like Baycott got way less touches. When he did get touches, he was taking those tough fallaway jumpers instead of putting the ball on the deck a few times and getting to the rim like he was doing in the first half. So that's, you know, that's a that's just a thing to point to Kansas and be like, hey, like, good job. Like, that's a good adjustment. You know, way to, you know, way to make the adjustment, Bill Self. And yeah, and on top of that, you know, this game was just weird. I feel like in the past, there's usually one guy that you can look at and be like, oh, he had 22 points. That's why this team won the national championship game. Whereas, like, with this game, you can't really say that, right? Like, when we look at Kansas, they had five guys in double figures. Uh, they had two guys get 15. McCormack was one of them. He was big in the second half. felt like he really kind of took the game over there. And, you know, he played great. You know, Brown came out and played awesome to start the second half for Kansas. He played a great game. You know, 12 points, 12 rebounds. That's really impressive from a guard. And Baji played, you know, he played okay. Seen him play better. I, I hate that he only took nine shots. And obviously, you know, North Carolina was keying on him 
That's probably part of their game plan. Don't let the best player on Kansas's roster get a bunch of shots up. But still, I just I wish I could have seen him take a few more shots. But that is, you know, that's that's besides the point, right? Yeah, so Kansas wins. Like it was, you know, a really impressive game. You know, uh, happy for Bill Self, his second national championship. Of course, it comes right after I was running my mouth talking about how we don't talk about him like John Calipari. But you know what? It's fine. It's whatever. I want to move on now to the NBA. And I just want to briefly go over the standings as we are so close to the end of the season. We are so close to NBA playoff basketball. I, I just, I'm so excited for it. And I want to kind of look at potential matchups in the first round. Who doesn't want to see who and things like that. So let's start in the East. As of right now, Miami is the one seed. Looks like they're going to be the one seed. They, they have a two-game lead over Boston right now, which means they're probably going to get the Brooklyn Nets, which is the last team I think anybody wants to see in the first round as the Brooklyn Nets are, without a doubt, the most talented team in the Eastern Conference, probably the best team in the Eastern Conference. And, yeah, I just that's the last team I would want to see. I feel bad for Miami because they're definitely going to be the lesser of the two teams there. Moving on up, you know, the Celtics are going to get probably, I don't even know who they're going to get. You know, the Hawks or the Hornets. I, it's it, Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. You know, Boston's been playing really well. I don't think it's really going to matter who they play as long as they don't play the Nets. And then the Bucks are going to get the Raptors, who they should handle really easily. Giannis is, I mean, we saw what he did against Brooklyn a few days ago. He's just in, on another level right now. The 76ers, this is obviously if things hold, would get the Bulls. And honestly, the Bulls and the Raptors don't scare me. Uh, you know, like a- any of those teams down there, like it's, I'm not worried about them. Like the East is five teams deep, really four, because I'm not a believer in Miami with their lack of talent. And yeah, so if you're the Celtics, Bucks, or 76ers, as long as you don't get the Nets in the first round, I think you're happy with whoever you get. The interesting matchups, I think, happen. In the Western Conference for Phoenix, it doesn't matter who they play, whether it's you know the Clippers, Pelicans, Spurs, or Timberwolves. It doesn't really matter. They're going to sweep whoever they play. But here's the thing. The Memphis Grizzlies are young, and the Memphis Grizzlies like to play fast. Now, I'm not going to come on here and say, hey, the Grizzlies are going to get beat in the first round. I, you know, I'm not that crazy. I would never make that prediction. But... I will say, if they play the Timberwolves, I think that they'll struggle. Just simply because, you know, John Morant's going to have to deal with Patrick Beverly for the entire series. And, you know, whether you like Patrick Beverly or not, you have to admit, that guy can really defend. Okay? Uh, Anthony Edwards is, you know, better this year. Carl Anthony Towns is having one of the better years of his career. D'Lo can still score. So, like, that that Timberwolves team is going to give whoever they play in the first round probably the Grizzlies, some real problems. And yeah, I, I cannot wait to watch those two teams go at it. If if that is what ends up happening, obviously, you know, the Timberwolves are going to have to get out of the playing game. Maybe they find the sixth seed. You know, the Jazz have really been struggling. But yeah, if the Timberwolves play the Grizzlies, that'll be a really tough series for the Grizzlies. Right now, the Warriors and the Mavericks are still kind of battling for you know, the third seed, the Mavs are currently a game back. And man, if you're Dal- either if you're either one of those teams, you do not want to play Denver. You, you would much rather play the Utah Jazz. And that's not me throwing a shot at the Jazz. That's just the truth. Okay. Especially, you know, if you're Dallas, because Utah has absolutely no matchup 
for Luka. They play a lot of smaller guards. And that's, you know, if you're Dallas, you don't want to see that. You also, if you play Denver, you don't want to see Jokic because no one in the entire NBA has a matchup for him with everything that he does. So there are just so many interesting potential matchups that could happen in the playoffs this year. Obviously, you know, the Lakers could still sneak in, but they're two games back right now of the of the Spurs, which is just, I, I don't even want to get into it again like I did yesterday. Golly, that upsets me. But it's whatever. It's fine. It's okay. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm so ready. Basketball is heating up, obviously, with the Final Four and the National Championship game these past few days. NBA playoffs coming very quickly. Cannot wait for them to get here. So, yeah, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another take for you.